0: Everyone, you're watching We Heart Therapy, the special series EFT talk. I'm your host, Dr. Annabelle Bugatti, licensed marriage and family therapist and certified EFT supervisor and therapist here in fabulous Las Vegas. And you might recognize this wonderful lady that we have on screen with us today. This is Dr. Zoya Semenokskaya. She's one of the many founders and the executive uh, coach. She's the executive director of NICEFT in New York City. And she's a licensed psychologist and an EFT trainer and supervisor therapist, and she's just totally amazing. And we've done a few episodes before, and we're so excited to welcome her back today because we are going to talk about catching bullets. Now, I know, Zoya, this is a phrase that comes up a lot in EFT training, but if somebody's maybe a newbie to EFT, or they're just beginning their training and they're like what on earth is this catching a bullet saying can you talk a little bit more about what do we even mean by a bullet what's a bullet
1: sure sure but before i jump into that i first of all thank you for inviting me again and i think you're, you're doing amazing work with all these videos that are so accessible and make eft spread eft so thank you i know people in russia and everywhere are watching them and really enjoy them
0: well, that's exciting.
1: Thank you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it's a good question. Um, I think the definition of catching a bullet, it's a reframe uh, intervention, reframing intervention. When one and most originally... Um, it came out of teaching around enactments. People, I assume people know what enactment is when we ask someone to turn to their partner and share something that might be a little bit more vulnerable, right? We do it in stage one, we do it in stage two. And when one partner kind of take a risk, um, sometimes the second partner gets reactive. That's right. And sometimes they throw bullets. Sometimes they throw grenades. Sometimes it's some missiles. Like if we keep going with nuclear mm-hmm. weapons, we can go with this metaphor. That feels really um, terrible to the partner who who just shared something vulnerable.
0: So this and would be I- like they get really reactive, and then they kind of turn to their partner. Mm -hmm. And maybe they like attack them, or they jab them. They say something hurtful in return for what was shared.
1: Right. So, for example, let's say our withdrawer takes a bit of a risk and said, "Yeah, when you criticize me, you know, it feels really bad, and I feel like I can't get it right, and I always kind of feel a bit lost, and I don't know what to do, Mm and I shut down." And the partner might say, well, this is ridiculous. You know, Mm -hmm. I've told you, you need to, you know, you just need to do what I told you to do. And Mm -hmm. you're just weak and you're a loser. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that would be an example, because who defines what is a bullet? Um, it's It's the person who is on the receiving end of it. Mm -hmm. And this is a really important question because sometimes something that feels like a grenade to us as a therapist, actually the partner doesn't blink and they have these interactions all day long and they just ignore it. And yet something else that may seem really tiny, some eye roll or something else, elicit a really intense hurt, hurt reaction. I remember one of my very first couples, couple I got certified with um, in uh, maybe second session. Mm -hmm. Um, The husband who had a pretty still face, um, it's hard to read, but he was sharing something and I didn't notice anything. The next thing I know, he explodes and runs out of the room. Clearly something happened and I didn't see it. Later on, I I understood better that she she made a dismissive comment or an eye roll that felt really hurtful. So that's really the definition is what it feels like to land to receive it, how it lands.
0: Yeah. So I love what you're saying is that you know these bullets or these little jabs or attacks aren't necessarily always with words. They can be an eye roll or a look or that's right.
1: Know, yeah. That's just right.
0: Something that kind of sends a danger signal to the other partner and they're like,
1: "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Right, right. And the thing is, which um, I don't know if it's a, that's the metaphor we use, but Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it's a totally perfect metaphor because, you know, this isn't, they're in our our offices, this couple, they're not trying to kill each other, right? Right. So if they're shooting, it's, it's, um, uh, um, if, they're, if, they're, if they're shooting, um, it means they're in pain or something, some fear, some distrust came up. So in, in my view, the, the bullets or the grenades, they're really an expression of pain or distrust.
0: Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. I love how you make that distinguishment that the clients aren't necessarily meaning to, to tear into their other partner. They're not like, hmm, I'm going to tear into them right now. It's, it's their expression, that reactivity is a signal of pain, that they got a danger signal in some way, that they're feeling a threat by whatever just happened.
1: Right. And even, you know, there, there are moments when the partners do something kind of purposely, they're trying to hurt, their partner but again Mm -hmm. it's usually out of their own desperation out of their pain or wanting our partner to feel what it what they feel the pain they feel right
0: right like i don't know how else to get you to understand how bad this hurts on the inside unless i inflict this hurt on you
1: exactly exactly and so when we catch i mean first of all can you really catch a bullet (laughs) <laughs> no, nah, not really. I mean, maybe not that movie with Keanu Reeves or something, they might. Yes. But we can catch the bull. Once it flies, mm-hmm. it's out. So what we can do, we can try to stop the bleeding, right? We can try to care for the person who was wounded and then get curious, get curious and reframe this this reactivity and try mm-hmm. to understand it. That's the yeah. kind of two major s- steps that we want to take. Yes. First of all, kind of slow the things down, right? Yeah. And, and maybe um, acknowledge, mm-hmm. acknowledge the, the partner who was hurt or wounded that what just happened is okay. painful or difficult. I can understand, if I can, mm-hmm. I can understand why Um, This would be upsetting. Right. And I and I really um, I really believe that it's happening for a good reason, but I don't understand it. So I'm going to go over here and work with your partner to try to make sense of it. So that was sort of like, put a Band-Aid, stop the bleeding, acknowledge, I see your pain, I'm not, and I'll come back to you. You just took a risk, right? You shared, you usually don't. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm going to turn to you and say, hey, something Mm -hmm. just happened. When she shared how difficult it is or how helpless she feels, something happened for you that made you really upset. So Mm -hmm. tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. I'm reframing it
0: and it sounds so beautiful and easy when you say it and I know it doesn't always happen so perfectly in session and I know, you know we kind of have this thing about making things explicit so I'm curious if you can maybe share with us how we can kind of call out what we see make it explicit like ouch that seemed like a, a little bit of a jab there a little bit of a poke you know how I think with a lot of therapists their fear is if they call a poke a poke or account yeah. that that's going to set off some other kind of reactivity right. and they don't want to do that but they do want to say oh wow i just noticed something happened right there
1: well, right how do you well right so first of all usually you can use the partner's reaction you mm-hmm. don't have to be necessarily the one saying ouch because mm-hmm. often the partners say oh my god i can't believe you just said that or the partner mm-hmm. turns away right Mm -hmm. and you can sort of check in with them if it's not terribly reactive but you can check in with the partner unless so what was that like when he said that or she said that Mm -hmm. right so they will give you the information that it was hurtful or painful so you can use the partner Mm -hmm. um i don't love calling that That's not my... I know other people might. I don't typically say it's a poke or it's a grenade or it's a bullet. I don't like Mm -hmm. doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if it's really mean, Mm -hmm. if it's really if they call the partner names or something clearly hurtful, then I would. I said, can we please slow down? First of all, can we stop? Something Mm -hmm. just happened and you cursed or you said this to your wife or to your Mm -hmm. husband knowing that this will be hurtful so I -hmm. I name it that way name the behavior that this this thing you did you know it's gonna hurt Mm -hmm. and I know you want things to be better and you want you guys to be closer so for you to do this there has to be a good reason for it and I don't quite understand it so Mm -hmm. let's slow it down and there was something, what did, you could start with, what did you hear? Mm-hmm. You know, what did you actually hear her say? Because sometimes the trigger is invisible. Yes, so yes. So if they can name it, then we can, ah, then we can validate. Oh, now I understand. If you heard that she will never, ever, ever trust you, whoa, mm-hmm. that, that must mm-hmm. be kind of... That's dangerous. That that's kind of hopeless. Tell me more about what that that message you're getting. That it's it's never things are never gonna get better. That's what you heard. I'm not sure that's what you said, but that's what you heard. Um, and
0: that's a really good way to put it because I don't think everybody's comfortable calling it a poke either, and I don't think that works for everybody. Right for clients anyway. So it's good to have a gentle way of. of you know, talking about the reactivity without it, you know, creating more reactivity, even though right. sometimes that does happen. You know, some people get really reactive when you see them, even though they want to be seen.
1: <laughs> of course, of course, right. And it's, it's the, the notion that we are accepting of any reasons or emotions where, mm-hmm. f- for bad behavior. We do not accept bad behavior. But we're always trying to start with accepting that, you know, if this person is doing this right now, there's a good reason for it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So uh, uh, if I can understand it, then I can certainly join them and make it safer Mm -hmm. and then help them reframe. Right. Mm -hmm. If I can make sense that this was about, I don't trust this new information.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: then once we get clear about that I might ask them to do an enactment back you know Mm -hmm. the reason I got so mad and said this negative thing is because it's so painful for me or it's so scary for me to trust you Mm -hmm. or to like give you another chance because I'm afraid I'm going to be hurt and disappointed again Mm -hmm. that's a different message
0: yes yes this is So part you know, I had this come up recently in a session where a client was sharing, you know, their pain that they didn't feel important to their partner, but they were like case building, like, look at how you show your friends all this love and I'm not getting it. And their partner felt like you're making me wrong for the thing that I did. So the partner, when they were meaning making, just would say, you know, you're totally ridiculous. The way you're making meaning out of that is totally ridiculous. I'm wrong. And I was able to dig out that they had a block to empathy because they were afraid to be vulnerable because they'd been hurt so much by the other partner that they just kind of closed themselves off you know as their way of protecting themselves and of course they felt bad but they were like if I was really honest this is this is what's happening for me and as they shared that their partner was like and I was able to empathize with that and say I recognize I'm a part of that wound and they were able to have this whole healing conversation, which is spectacular. Oh, right. It did not start out that way. There were bullets flying. They're like, oh, man. Right. <laughs> I need so some protection I'm, here.
1: <laughs> right. And this is, I think, the challenge for us as couples therapists to see these bullets, grenades, et cetera, as opportunities. Yes we don't like them, we want people to be nicer, we, you know, we feel like, yeah, I did this amazing piece of work, and look mm-hmm. how vulnerable she is, and look how much risk she took, why, you know, can you see it, can you see it, please mm-hmm. see it, you know, so we try to, talk them out of their reactivity. Right? Yes, it's
0: like, I just set up this golden moment. Are you kidding? It took me forever. Why can't you just accept it? Exactly. You know?
1: I'm working for you, for your, for your connection. Just cooperate, right? <laughs> but the more experience you have, the more yes. we learn to lean into them, right? Yeah. Because there's something very valuable in that. Yeah in reactivity, especially in stage one, right? Yes. Um, That we're going to learn. I think what you're saying now
0: is super pertinent because I I think kind of in early EFT, um, we were really taught to try to, plow through reactivity and just hurry up and get to the primary vulnerable emotions. And then a lot of folks struggle with what to do with the reactivity and reactivity can become a block where you can't move forward into the primary emotion until you organize and make sense of the reactivity. And, you know, there's a lot of self of the therapist issues that also, come up around reactivity, where they get triggered by the client's reactivity. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, am I doing something wrong? I feel very uncomfortable with all of this anger, and now the okay. client's yelling at me. And I feel like I'm right. Right. You know, so it's being able to help therapists a recognize what they're seeing. I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. what what's happening in front of them is reactivity, and reactivity means they were triggered. And we can't move past that trigger until we organize it and make sense of it. And that requires us to lean in, which might stretch our own window of tolerance yeah. if we're not comfortable with anger, for
1: example. Right, right, exactly. I mean the the second piece that I think is also important is our focus. Mm-hmm. And what we do with with some of these bullets really depends on where we are in the treatment in general progress are we in stage one are we in stage two are we Mm -hmm. doing withdrawal engagement or are we doing pursuer softening right Mm -hmm. um and where we are in the session in the tango Mm -hmm. so for example in stage one our focus is the main one is to connect the Core, core attachment, emotions, and longings and needs to the reactivity, to really make sense of it. That is our main goal. We're not trying to change it. We're not trying to help people be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. I hear, you know, I want her to be empathic to him. That is not our goal in stage one. Or I'm trying to get their partner to understand their moves. <laughs> Right. Right. That I'm trying, like I'm all I'm doing for each of them to Mm -hmm. help them make sense of their own Mm -hmm. emotion process and their own part of the cycle and begin to get glimmers of their partners.
0: Right. I love that. So you're really highlighting their attachment intentions and how maybe that signal gets that clear vulnerable signal gets blocked by the reactivity. So it's like, When I want my partner to get close and I sense they're not available, I push and I Mm -hmm. move towards, and I may get hurtful if I feel like this wall is building. Mm
1: -hmm. Right, right. And so if this is what my focus is, then, and I do an enactment of that sort of connection between core emotion and the reactivity, and in that moment, the bullet flies, Mm -hmm. right? My goal is to use that bullet to do the second part mm-hmm. of the cycle and to understand the partner's mm-hmm. experience and then put both in the cycle and connect them. Right. right. So if you're seeing
0: bullets is. in session, this is probably what's going on at home. Absolutely. When they
1: right. And sometimes they're real bullets and sometimes it's just reactivity, that, but we do right. s- similar things, right? right? Versus, let's say I'm in stage two, right? And they're already de-escalated. And I'm beginning to work with the withdrawer. And our pursuer is not totally soft yet, understandably, (laughs) right? They have their needs that haven't been met for a long time. So I don't expect them to kind of receive their partner with open arms. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that moment, if the bullet flies, I'm not going to completely switch Mm-hmm. And now my focus is completely on, on the pursuer and deepening mm-hmm. them, et cetera. My goal is still the withdrawer. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, I will work a little bit to understand the the, what the trigger, was, the, what the reactivity, okay. what the bullet was. And I'll ask them to do an enactment back. That's more about the reason it's hard for me to kind of, take in or receive what you're sharing with me. I do want you to share. I do want more, more of this because you don't usually share with me. But the reason it's hard for me to, to hear it is because I get scared or I'm afraid to hope, right? And so that brings me back to the withdrawal and now I can go a little bit deeper and do another enactment and maybe this time there won't be a bullet. There might be more right. confusion.
0: I think that's very important that you say that about keeping your focus when these things happen, that it can be very tempting for us. And I think a lot of us have, have or can lose our balance when we get that reactivity and then it kind of diverts us Mm -hmm. away from where we were going onto the rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden we're completely away from that. And we're down this rabbit hole of reactivity onto something totally else. And then it's about them. And sometimes that can result in, Like the other partner has an emotional open bleed now because they just got a bullet and now we're over here,
1: you know, trying to, you know, exactly, exactly. So knowing what my goal was, Mm -hmm. you know, remembering that. And so Mm -hmm. dealing with the bleeding and the bullet and figuring it out and then getting back to what we were working towards.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So how might it look? So you gave us a little bit of an example of what it would look like in stage two, what would it look like in stage one to maintain that focus even when that comes in?
1: Right, so in stage one, what really helps me is the tango, right, diagram. Mm-hmm. So if I was assembling emotion with, let's, let's say the withdrawal in stage one, right, then we're making sense of um, her um, shut down, mm-hmm. that she can never get it right, and she mm-hmm. doesn 't know what to do, and it feels like she's always getting it wrong, and then she shuts down to protect herself right mm-hmm. let's say she was we were able to get some sense of that and did an enactment and let's let's say it's a gay couple a, her pursuer wife says um, that's that that is so stupid, mm-hmm. you know you." you know, if only you would tell me things I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have to remind or I wouldn't have to be critical. You, you're Mm -hmm. supposed to tell me it's, it's your problem with your mother. You know, it's your, your family screwed you up something Mm -hmm. like that. Right. So I would say to my withdrawer, you know, I know this was not easy and you don't usually talk about this sense of I can't get it right. And I really appreciate that you did. And probably, you know, I don't know, your wife's reaction is, is difficult to, to receive. So I'm going to come back to, but right now I'm going to go over here. then I turned to the wife and I said, so something just happened when she shared her, um, kind of sense of can't get it right. Um, you said it's ridiculous. You sort of, I I saw strong, strong feelings. So Mm -hmm. help me understand that. And then so it's sort of like I kind of completed my tango move, you know, with one person. So now I'm doing the tango move with the, her wife, right? So now I'm starting to the I'm reflecting the process. So if something just happened, mm-hmm. help me understand that. So now I'm assembling her experience. Mm-hmm. And maybe she'll say, you know, um, yeah, when she shuts down, I get nothing. You know, and I don't know what's going on, and I think she doesn't care i mean I'm mm-hmm. simplifying it, but we'll yeah. we'll go and and it if she doesn't care i'm I'm really frustrated and I'm mad, and I think you know why can't she just do it? Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can't communicate, et cetera, et cetera right So now we made sense of that, and I'm gonna make the enactment back of yeah. sort of this this connection she doesn't care, and sometimes I feel alone or I feel don't know what else to do so I remind you and I poke you and I do this
0: right so and it sounds then, like
1: and then and then mm-hmm. I would tie the two things together right into mm-hmm. the cycle
0: It sounds like kind of what you're saying and, and tell me if I'm wrong is that in stage one if we have a bullet we're we're going to continue our tango move but the way we're organizing the bullet is Connecting it back to their moves in the cycle and just organizing it versus stage two, it's going a lot deeper. You know, when we do get to those bullets, we're processing those in terms of some much deeper meaning, probably view of self, view of other, Mm -hmm. which we're not necessarily working with in stage one.
1: Right. And you reminded me there's another piece that's different about stage two enactments Mm -hmm. and bullets. Mm -hmm. So, in stage two, we might, um, if it's, you know, I'm sure, you know, George and other people on your, on your, when you interviewed them, talked about the red light, green light, mm-hmm. orange light, right? Yeah. So sometimes in stage two to the enactment, we might get the yellow light, orange, mm-hmm. yellow, whatever color you want. Um, that's a, that's a mixed reaction. Right? Yeah. So then our reframe might be about there is a, to the, that there are two parts. Mm -hmm. One part of you really, you know, appreciates her finally sharing. Mm -hmm. And really, there's the part that's longing for to be let in or longing to be connected in this way and longs to trust. And then another part that doesn't trust.
0: Yeah. Naming
1: the longing and the fear. Mm -hmm. And we might sometimes ask the fear to wait, right? We might say, can, can, can the fear, Well, will come back to it, but can it wait right now? And can we lean into this, you know, how important it is for you to hear this? Can you share that with her? Right. 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 And, and, so- if they, and if they can, then it's okay. So we wouldn't do that in stage one.
0: Right, and for those of you who maybe haven't um, learned about the this the traffic light, um, it's kind of like an attunement meter where you're tuning into how your enactment landed. And a red light is where they completely like it did not land on them at all. Yellow light is like a yes, but like this was good, but <laughs> you know, so you're kind of in the middle. And green is that totally landed on them, and you're you're good, <laughs> you right. know. And I think that's another. You know important part of understanding bullets and stuff is that i think early EFT we used to be trained to not set up enactments unless you knew it was going to go well but i think newer teachings are like it's totally fine if it doesn't go well because you're going to bring some of that reactivity alive into the room which is going to be helpful for you to see and work with Mm -hmm. and so therapists don't have to be afraid of your enactment not going well in fact expect that as you start to get deeper, more defenses are going to come up. It's going to come alive. And it's important, right? What they're giving you is valuable information.
1: Right. You know that you've you've achieved kind of a different level in EFT when as a therapist, you get excited about bullets (laughs) and reactivity. You're like, ooh, I have something to work with.
0: Yes, yes. Right. And I don't think many people really appreciate it until they get two withdrawers in the room, and it's like pulling tape out of both of them. And you're like, I,
1: I was just thinking that exactly. <laughs> like, get me some reactivity. Let me throw yeah. a couple bullets, right?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's. I love. I think one of the the best parts is just helping therapists to expect especially in very early stage one that you're going to have bullets come up you're going to have blocks claims are going to get triggered they're hearing new information that sounds foreign they're touching right. deep emotions that they don't normally touch they're used to their partner not hearing them or not getting it so right. you know they're doing things that they probably have done, said before but not gotten a lot of safety so of course it's going to come alive but right
1: don't be afraid. Right. And remember, you know, we are here, right? So Mm -hmm. we can always respond to that wounded partner with Mm -hmm. compassion and empathy without Mm -hmm. sort of shaming their Mm -hmm. partner, right? So we we can always respond and say, I see you. Mm -hmm. I know this was hard. I know Mm -hmm. you took a risk and we're not there yet for your partner to hear you but Mm -hmm. we're working towards it. So now I'm going to get curious and find out what just happened. And again, I'm giving a message without shaming that Mm -hmm. there is a good reason you had this reaction. I may not understand it like that, that my first, one of my first patients, I didn't get it until we had a conversation about it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think Aviva, who's also in New York, calls this the tourniquet. (laughs) Bow. (laughs) Uh You know, uh sometimes you you know you can't do surgery right then. You just got to tie that tourniquet bow to stop the open bleed. And exactly, you know, so this might be helpful too, Zoya, to if you can help everyone. What if they throw a bullet right as they're leaving session, and you don't have time, or to the end of session, you just did an enactment. There's an open bleed there. How do you tie that off for the session and have them? leave when right. you don't have the time to fully do that repair
1: right so i think um first of all if you're in stage one always be conscious of the time and leave at least five minutes for wrap up so don't mm-hmm. do enactment five minutes before you finish do it be 10 minutes before right mm-hmm. so you have a little time that's one thing i keep in mind um but it still could happen any of us um so then I say, wow, something big just happened. So you reflect the process. And I really wish we had more time to kind of dive into this. And I know this was hurtful. I guess I, all I, I wish I had a magic kind of wand to fix it right now, but we can't. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. I'm not going to ask you to maybe leave this with me and try not to have conversations about it that may not Mm -hmm. be helpful. If I have a sense, they won't do well. Mm -hmm. And then when you come back next week, we're going to start with this because there Mm -hmm. must be something really important about this reaction. I don't understand it. We don't have time. Um, But I I have trust and faith that this is still about your connection to each other and disconnect that exists and something got triggered. That's what I would do.
0: I love that. And I think it's such a beautiful way to let the client know that I see you. I get that this is painful, but I'm not going to leave you out there with this open wound like, you know, just to say we're going to make sure to come right back to this, to the next session. And it does feel very good when you come back the next session. You're like, last time we left off when this was there, this is what was happening. Let's let's pick up right there, you know? And they're like, somebody sees me they're with me. You or know? they
1: say, I don't remember what happened, right? It just, yeah. It's <laughs> also so possible, right? Yeah, yeah. Or they had a week to think about it and they actually had have some thoughts.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of EFT therapists and therapists just in general start to panic if they
1: can't fix it, mm-hmm. right?
0: Um, and That's, so there's that urgency.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I, I often say it's the our own hopes and expectations that can be detrimental to our work you know because mm-hmm. yeah. in stage one if there's a lot of reactivity that's not our job to fix it
0: yeah yeah and sometimes I prepare my clients like in the intake uh-huh. session I'll let them know what to expect and I'll say there's going to be times where we're going to stir the pot and stuff is going to get hot it may even explode a little bit I want you to be prepared and that's work that's talk about self-care after session, what to right, do, right. if that happens, you know, so, I, yeah.
1: I love that. I mean, I think you're talking about being transparent about our mm-hmm. process, which is mm-hmm. so important. I feel like the more I work, the more transparent I've become. Yeah. Um, because it, I don't know, it calms me down, it calms them down, so...
0: Yeah. And that actually leads me to the last kind of bullet I'd like to talk about. And that's when in these kinds of cases where the client may come back next session, and they're like, we're not feeling better. We're still having this at home. Why aren't you giving us the skills or the tools? And they start shooting bullets at you. You. (laughs) What do you do in that case?
1: Yeah, I think it's hard. First of all, I think most of us are gonna get triggered. Mm -hmm. Because that's normal human reaction when we get attacked or get told that we're not doing it right
0: we're Mm -hmm. gonna
1: have some feelings about it. especially therapists we really want to do a good job you know um so first of all you gotta calm yourself down Mm -hmm. right you have to find a way to kind of like take a moment wow this is this is really important what you're saying let me think about that if you're really triggered take a moment take a pause and then I try to remind myself that most of the time they're speaking out of desperation, mm-hmm. pain, right, mm-hmm. deprivation. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to reflect that. I think okay. what you're saying, you really, really want things to get better. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they're not, it's not moving fast enough. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that there's so much pain that you want to to move faster and maybe you're saying it to me, hoping that I will take it seriously and I Mm -hmm. like make even more effort to help you guys. It feels like you said, you know, why don't you giving us skills? You're saying I want skills because in these moments when we have a fight, I don't have any tools. Mm -hmm. And if they're coming with me that, really is an opening for what it feels like when it's a fight and i don't have any tools yeah and in this process i start doing the tango and in the process they might share something and mm-hmm. then i can say look at that mm-hmm. you right now did something you don't usually do and she mm-hmm. could hear it there's a tool that's the that's the bow tie here's the tool you're walking away with. (laughs) Just did that.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, And it it can be hard too with these bullets. Sometimes they're not always around skills. Like I'll give you an example. And and I think it takes a lot of self the therapist work to be able to handle these. I think as a young intern, I definitely had a much harder time with client reactivity towards me. And now I've Mm -hmm. learned to keep my cool, but I actually had this happen just recently where, you know, I had some clients come, they were still very early stage one, and the critical pursuer, you know, they'd come, it was like five minutes before session time, but one partner had to use the restroom, and I said, okay, while you're using the restroom, I'm just going to have a snack real quick, because I'm so hungry, I'm going to start eating the wallpaper, mm-hmm. right, and they both said yes, mm-hmm. and the partner ended up being, taking a little bit long in the restroom, and we were like, five minutes before we could get started after you know the hour and the partner blamed it on me she's like well you know doctors could not charge for that extra five minutes they wouldn't get reimbursed I have really high expectations so we should be starting on time I mean she just like tore me a new one for having Ouch. a snack and I was like oh, oh like I'm sweating I'm like oh my right. god <laughs> right you know right. but I, I played it cool on the outside and I was like well, I really thank you for for sharing that with me, and and I appreciate that you feel like you can give me that feedback. And I'll, I definitely, you know, like I just tried to play it off as cool as I could, and I think that was the best I could do. Yeah,
1: I think that's wonderful. I, I think it's always right. It's always um, you know appreciating what it takes. I don't know if I can tell the doctor I'm mad at them, so I to appreciate their directness and that they they're asking for what they need. Right. right? And if I have enough Alliance, I might get curious about, you know, how it also connects to what they do in a relationship. And if I don't have Alliance yet, I would not, I would just sort of take in it. This is building Alliance.
0: Yes. And it was so early that I, I didn't go deeper into it, but, throughout the session, I learned that what the client had just done to me was what they did to their partner a lot. So their partner actually felt very validated. They're like, thank exactly. God somebody else. Sees this. exactly, you know? And it took me a little bit of processing after the session, I was still very triggered on the inside. And, yeah. you know, these things will happen. Like sometimes clients, they just go after you because they are in pain and especially if they don't have a view of trustworthiness towards other people, you know, so they may tend to exert that on you because they're not sure that it's safe. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So that's an opportunity to build the safety and to work on the alliance that I am taking it seriously. I'm not going to let you abuse me, right? That's also important if it goes beyond sort of, uh, Uh that kind of example, but they are hurtful, then you're gonna say, actually, that's not okay. I'm willing to hear your pain or what you need, but when you say this and you hurt me in this way, then I don't feel safe in this environment. So Mm -hmm. how can I help you?
0: So sometimes
1: people also need the boundary that will make them feel like, okay, you're sturdy. You're not gonna fall apart. You can stand up for yourself and that may make -hmm. them feel safer.
0: Yes. And I think this is part of where therapists get kind of triggered when bullets come their direction is it's, they feel like it's something they must be doing wrong. And I've learned most of the time when clients do these bullets, it's just symptomatic of their pain, right? Of their hurt. Like it, and it may come up in very more subtle forms like, well, you don't really have kids. Are you married? You know, where they start getting personal and they're really saying, Do you get me? Can you be here with me? You know, when they start leading to you, they're like really asking for safety without asking for safety. They're just throwing bullets and getting reactive.
1: Right. And sometimes we do do something wrong. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we are not attuned. And I've had Mm -hmm. situations where I got defensive and, you know, in kind of explaining way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, It was clearly not working. And then I said, it was towards the end of the session. And I said to the client, you know what? I'm going to think about it. I'm not aware of what you're describing, but I am going to think about it. And when I thought about it, I realized, you know what? She was kind of right. So when they came back, I said, this is what I reflected upon. And I think this is what happened. Um, I'm going to do better. And if it Mm -hmm. happens again, sort of give give me a shout. And that really sort of, and it helped me. It helped yeah. me see that I was, I was um, ignoring a very particular kind of thing that was important.
0: Yeah, I love that you're saying that. Sometimes they may kind of protest us if we're not attuning to them.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it
0: really and and I love how how you played that off so gracefully. It's that I'm gonna think about this, I'm you know, you're letting the client know that I care about you, that I'm really gonna take this seriously and process it and we're gonna come back together around
1: this. Well, I'm not always that grateful. You know, I had a client who, who really pissed me off and you know, I got pretty defensive and got reactive and, you know, and I said, something is going on. I don't know what's happening. She's like, yes, what's happening, Zoe? What's happening for you? you know, and I was like, I don't know. I have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And, it us, and it took us a couple sessions to repair. You know, especially yeah. clients with trauma histories, you know, it takes mm-hmm. time. So get supervision, get consultation, or just mm-hmm. talk to your fellow, your 911 AFT mm-hmm. therapist, you know, mm-hmm. make sense of it together. And it's the process of repair. It's the process of trying that really matters.
0: Yeah, because, you know, when people are in close proximity with each other, they're going to bump into each other. Yeah. You know, and, and therapists aren't immune to that, you know, it's going to happen. We're going to miss a tune sometimes and being able to get curious about what's happening and, and get curious inside, you know, within and between, you know, is so helpful. And even sometimes, you know, like you said, if can we slow it down in the session and say, yeah, something's happening, right? I noticed myself and I think I did that once too. So mm-hmm. I noticed myself getting kind of defensive right now. So maybe I'm feeling attacked can we just kind of pause here and see if we can't make sense of what's going on? You know, Yeah. You know, but every once in a while you have those, those sharpshooters and you're like, ah!
1: I know, I know yeah. we gotta, we gotta find our balance. Yeah. Yes. Relentless
0: empathy for you, the therapist, too. this is tough work.
1: Exactly. First for you. And then <laughs> we can do for yeah. the clients. Yeah. yeah.
0: So thank you, Zoya, so much for this really valuable conversation. This is so helpful. Now, you're in New York City. How can folks find you?
1: Uh, Well, they can visit my website, realcouples.com. Yes, I think that's it, realcouplesprogram.com. And also um, my um, colleague and I, Michael Moran, and I run Hold Me Tight workshops and Hold Me Tight workshops on intimacy. So that's Hold Me Tight NYC.com and
0: um, yeah. And therapists, if they want to have you come out to their area and do a workshop on sex as a safe adventure or, or do an externship, they can contact you through your website.
1: Yeah, or just email me. I'm very good with emails. Um, it's, okay. um, yeah, sim at gmail.com. Um, Perfect. And, and I, think- I will
0: make sure that on YouTube, I, I put all of her websites and email in the description for this video. So it's just an easy click. Great. <laughs> right. Thank you and so appreciate- much. You're welcome. And if you guys are in New York, make sure you go to Nicef. You guys yes. have a lot of wonderful events, right? That's, is it
1: nicef org? Yes, we have we have one coming up um, at the end of February on um, interpersonal violence with um, yeah. Jeff and Levin um, coming from Belgium. I know you had them on your on your program. Sure. So they're coming. We're very excited about that. And Mike and I have a Hold Me Tight um, in a few weeks uh, uh, before Valentine's Day. I think we might have a couple more spots. And then in June, we'll have the Hold Me Tight, Hold Me Just Right um, on June 1-2. Now that's a new thing that is a new thing yes Michael and his colleague Nancy Knudsen, um in New England they are developing this program with ISEFT but we're running it to kind of get the kinks out and it's a wonderful program to um, specifically focus on the sexual physical intimacy for the couples who've done hold me tight or been in EFT the therapy we've done it uh, already before and it's wonderful that's
0: amazing. That's amazing. I call you and Mike our sex experts.
1: <laughs> experts. <laughs> yeah, it's a very important topic, and we're learning more and more. So, it's exciting. absolutely,
0: you guys do such beautiful work. And and Thank folks, you. make sure that you stop by Zoya's website and that you email her if you've got any questions. If you'd like to have her or her and Mike come out to your EFT community to do a training, just shoot her an email. Most therapists or most trainers are pretty. Um, open to traveling and you know so Zoya's just absolutely amazing and her sex is a safe adventure workshop is a do not miss it's fabulous so yes Mike and I
1: worked on it for a long time and now we really we really got it
0: (laughs) (laughs) excellent so guys make sure that you get in touch with her so yeah, thank you again so much for being with us. We just so appreciate you.
1: And thank you, Annabelle, for all you do, for all this effort you make for EFT and for learning. So thank you.
0: You're welcome, you're welcome. And thank you so much to our viewers. Without you guys, we wouldn't have a need to keep making more videos. So thank you so much for staying tuned, for subscribing, for emailing me with ideas about future topics. Make sure that you hit subscribe, guys, because more videos are on the way.